2: Yo, this is MC Dilf. I've been hearing these lot, yeah? Goats, whatever they want to call it, right? Just been snubbing me, you know what I mean? Like, goat rapper and that. How the hell were they not bringing up MC Dilf, you get me? Now it says something on this paper, like, they're going to be doing, like, some, like, live performance goat or something. Like, what the fuck, man? If they... I swear down, if they do not mention me, yeah? I'm going to be fuming, right? Because... They just don't believe in me, do you know what I mean? They do not respect me, right? I'm the greatest, I'm the best, I'm the best MC in the galaxy. Man wanna call me Muhammad Ali because I float like a butterfly, I sting like a bee. Any other MC wanna challenge me to... Oi, Dilf! What the hell do you think you're doing? How did you get out? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, nah, 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 just like... What? yeah. Nah. Listen, I told you this was the podcast room, not your personal recording studio. Yeah, yeah, well, the podcast is shit, innit? Right, that's it. Back in the cage. No, yeah, nah, nah, no, nah, nah. no, no. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Get
3: in there.
2: You ruined it. <sighs> Jeez. I'm so sorry about all that. I Honestly, I have absolutely no idea how he got out. Um, I'm going to have to put another lock on there or something. Jesus Christ, it's made a mess. Um, Oh, it's been recording as well. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, on with the episode, I guess.
0: Hi, hello, and welcome to the greatest of all time podcast—or goats podcast, for short. Your weekly dose of three white guys arguing over the important things in life, such as is Gandalf a magician? Will Vinny ever find a job? And why does Sebek love to bring up the Nazis all the damn time?
1: Just think they're
0: neat. I'm Vinny, the cute one, of course, and I'm going to be your host for tonight, and I'm joined. As always, by my two good chums, Mork and Sebek. How are the two of you doing? Ah, oh, I thought you were going to introduce us as, like, what ones we were in the band. You're just the other ones. I'm the front man. You're the other ones. You're the drummer. Oh. You're both the drummer.
1: Mike, <laughs> right. you're, the one who gets, you're the one who gets kicked out for sex offending.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, how are we doing, though? How are we doing? I'm good. A bit of a weird week, actually. Mm.
2: Bit of a strange one. Do you ever... um? No. Do you ever do that thing like where you, you're watching TV and then you see a meme on TV as it's happening? Oh yes. yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: and then you're like, oh shit, and you're like this, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> hang on, I'm I'm Leonardo DiCaprio in that meme, pointing out the meme that's on the TV. And then you're yeah. like, that's you're doing like the me- meme. Yeah, you're like that's like meme inception, right? And then you're like, oh shit, who was in that movie? Leonardo DiCaprio, and you're like, fuck. And this just. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That was a weird week for you
1: then. <laughs> okay, well, it sounds like a lot's been happening in your day. <laughs> well, but yeah, not, not only it's that, just like obviously. Yeah, an old person, and the most exciting thing they've done is like gone to Morrisons.
2: Yeah, but not just that, because today I found out that they don't do Asbos anymore. What the fuck's up with that? So.
1: We're you should frame yours. It's probably worth something, now.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, I wish I had an
1: asbo. <laughs> I was never thing, worthy. You, you were saying it on the group chat like it was a real tragedy. You were like, oh, I'll never get one, no? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it.
2: it was like a badge of honour. <laughs> you heard someone
0: from, like, the other street over has got an asbo. You're like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> Champion of the people. <laughs> yeah. Beat up a kid on the street. What a lad. <laughs> legend. Like oh, for smashing God. up you know that
2: phone box down the down the down on the main road where I used to live video. If you like smash that up you'd get an asborn and you'd be a legend forever. <laughs> <laughs> Whipped oh. in hero. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: How about so- you, Suburb, Carl then.
1: Oh, well, speaking of Inception, I've just had the worst jet lag. So it's just been like I've been in Inception. Mm. I just keep having these moments where I'm like, have I done that already? Like me and Luce have had three or four times in the last three days. I've been like, you know, that thing I text you? No, you just imagined it. Or like You know that conversation we had? Nope. And like obviously one of us is forgotten. So like one of us is just, do you know, if I'm okay today, The last two... And this is such, like, a privileged problem. I'm so aware of that. Like, I've got to go on holiday. It's
0: it's still, like, an annoying thing you have to deal with, for sure.
1: But, yeah, like, I literally spent the last, like, two days. It's like... I don't know how to explain this, but... I don't know if you've ever been under anaesthetic... Or had some sort of recreational anaesthetic. But there's a moment where you come back from being really out. Where your, like, inner monologue comes back but your outer monologue isn't quite there yet. Mm.
3: Mm. So like
1: you're tr- you you know what you want to do and what you want to say, but like your body and your like outward voice isn't like doing it properly. I felt like that for like two days and I've, you know, I've been riding a motorbike to work, so it's probably not a good thing, but like... What is
2: it? Like jet lag? Like, I don't understand why you like that. Yeah. Like, is it real? Like, I've never had it, so I don't understand.
1: Well, it's basically like, so you're you've shifted time zones so like the long the the more out it is the worse it is and it's also worse going west no east to west so like if you turn up somewhere and it's you feel like it's supposed to be mid morning but it's actually really late at night it kind of fucks with your like circadian rhythm and it just makes yeah. you feel really ill whereas right. if you turn up somewhere and it's just like you've woken up really early. It's not as bad. So basically, if you go to America on the way there, it's fine. Like me and Luke, like we just woke up kind of early on the first day. You just feel like you've got loads of energy because you've woken up and it's seven o'clock. But your brain feels like, you've been, like you should have been up hours ago. So you kind of always feel like you've had a lion. Whereas when you come back, you kind of always feel like you've woken up at one in the morning. And you just feel insane. Like it's oh, like... Okay your brain's telling you it's like midnight or like three in the morning, you're supposed to be in bed and it's actually like 10 o'clock and you just feel really weird. weird.
3: Wow. Do
2: you think there's a possibility it could be like they do it on purpose when you're on the plane? So that you just don't realise that the world's flat.
1: <laughs> it could be. It could like, be the anaesthetic they give you on the plane so you don't realise the world's flat. Good and on. that's the only thing. I I, I love travelling, but planes fuck me up. Like, from the moment it takes off, I'm, I'm quite, like, nauseous travel sicky. So the planes vibrate in. I never eat because I can't keep the food down. So I just do, like, however long the flight is, I just go without food. So by the time wow. I've gone off, I haven't eaten in, like, 12 hours. I'm really tired. I haven't drunk enough water. I've been in like a weird pressurised tube for 12 hours and I just feel insane. And it's also the wrong time of day. Yeah. So I just like, it just fucking ruins me.
2: Yeah, but you're doing the right thing, mate. Eating's cheating. Remember that.
1: Eating is cheating.
2: Remember Creamfield's 2016, mate. eating's cheating. Trust. I just remember you being sick. That's <laughs> I, remember. I don't remember that.
1: I remember Michael being sick and a guy falling in a, a cup and he's pissed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, then being remember. wheeled
0: off in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. 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 The wheelbarrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Creamfields, I went to a, a rave on Saturday yeah. with the boys. Um, and it was great fun, but my legs did not work the next day because no. like, we were there for like six, seven hours. Yeah, I, yeah. I was fucking shattered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dance lag, you had. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I'm going to do some housekeeping quickly before we get on with the show so if you like this podcast if you like to support it you can give us a cheeky little follow on instagram or even a five-star review on apple podcasts but just in case you'd for some reason like to help fund our extremely low budget show we also have a patreon right yeah should i get right into it get right into it
1: right out the bum hole (laughs)
0: It's not a good way to send me out. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's tawny now. It's just <laughs> <laughs> There's no denying that performance and arts are deeply, deeply ingrained in what it is to be human. Although most of the times these are enjoyed in a carefully curated and produced end product, such as a studio album or a film... Seeing people perform their passions live and in person is unquestionably one of the finest ways to spend an afternoon or evening. Whether it's Whitney Houston somehow hitting those high notes that only your dog can hear, or Jim Morrison stretching an already over 10-minute song even longer because, quite frankly, he was off his nut on something. (laughs) I love a good live performance. So... Which out of the two of you wants to let me know what you think is the greatest live performance of all time? First, Sedeq,
2: me please. you're up. Go on then. Let's, hear, let's hear the second place before we get to the winner. That's normally how they do it.
1: Um, I realised then that I've got to stop just signalling to you on this audio format. because yeah. <laughs> I didn't say me. I just put my finger up in the air. Um, no, thank you very much, Dog. Uh, I'm going to have to speed through this one because as I said to you before we started... This was one of those ones where I was really passionate about it and then I got a bit nervous, I wasn't going to do it justice. And now I have four pages of notes. So let's go, baby!
0: Quick, speed run. Go whenever, go whenever. So that
1: that time limit really, really is going to do it. Now, for me, this is one of those ones where I had to make a choice because the phrase greatest live performance is ripe for a memeing. Um, so I have to come clean. Yes, I did send Vinny... A video I recently found called Weezer's Blue Album, but it's me and my friend trying to sing everything from memory, which is fucking incredible. It is, it and good. as the title suggests, it is the entirety of Weezer's Blue Album sung a cappella by two teenagers from memory.
0: In like twenty <laughs> minutes. I think they cut a lot of the album by mistake. <laughs> it's
1: so good. It's so good. The channel is run by this like young American lad who calls himself DJ Goonspoon, and he led me down a right ladder, left a right rabbit hole um, because he linked his letterbox account to his google account i don't know if you know what letterbox is but it's like rotten tomatoes so you could basically people leave film reviews and he linked that to his youtube account so i've got to go and have a look at this now spoon goon or dj spoon goon to give him his field title has only left four reviews uh in the three years that he's been signed up to letterbox those reviews are for the following the dark knight Amazing. The menu, amazing. Citizen Kane, amazing. And Nicki Minaj, my time again. Now (laughs) that pulled me further down the rabbit hole. Because I was like, why is this guy reviewed three groundbreaking things and one weird thing? Mm -hmm. So I looked it up and his movie review went as follows. In all caps, it said, this is not a review of the Nicki Minaj movie. Instead, I'm reviewing True Detective Season (laughs) 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 1. Great show. (laughs) Great show. And then he just went on to um, write several passionate paragraphs about his love for True Detective Season 1. I have no idea what's going on there. Sweet. He also... Um, he also gave Citizen Kane half a star and his entire review said again in all caps more like Shitizen Kane <laughs> so this kid is just banging <laughs> but I didn't pick Weezer's Blue Album but it's uh... me and my friend trying to sing everything from memory I also didn't pick Emmy Martinez's performance in the 2021 Copper America Final or his performance in the 2023 World Cup Final although they do have to be mentioned as goat worthy. no I didn't pick any of those, which means, I guess, I must have taken it seriously.
3: But no, I did.
1: Um, Yes, today I have actually picked what I believe to be the greatest performance from probably the greatest performer of all time, someone known as the king of their genre, someone whose singing talent and iconic dance moves are legendary, and someone who blended black and white culture to bring the world together. I am, of course, talking about the legendary Michael Jackson. I
0: thought you were going to say I Elvis Presley. I thought
1: you yeah. we were no, going to say I'm Elvis joking. Presley. No, I'm joking. He's a fucking oh. pedo. I'm talking <laughs> about Elvis
2: Presley. <laughs> 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 allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm keeping that in, Sam. So that, that was cracking, mate.
1: <laughs> no, was... I uh, I love Elvis Presley. Now, I have loved Elvis... Since I was a kid, there's just something about his charisma and his kind of vulnerability and his story that just I just love. I really fell in love with it um, and it makes it difficult because someone like Elvis Presley, it's hard to put his life into like a 15 minute presentation, especially when I wasted the first four on memes. Um, so I'm not going to focus on his whole life. I'm just going to try and give you the context behind what I believe is his greatest performance. Uh, so Elvis was born on the 8th of January, 1935, in Tupelo, Mississippi, in the deep south of America. And he moved to Tennessee as a teenager. Now, he was from a, like a very poor working class family. And as a result, he grew up in majority black neighborhoods. And he went to what would be considered at the time black churches and grew up singing gospel music. As a young man, he was a truck driver. Um, he also helped his Jewish neighbours by working as something called a Shabbos Goy, which is someone who performs work-related tasks for Jewish business open owners when they are religiously forbade from working on the Sabbath. Oh, okay. Had no idea that that was even a thing, but that is a thing. Yeah. He, then, he also, as a teenager and a young man, spent loads of time in this place called Beale Street, in Memphis, which was an up-and-coming black neighbourhood that promoted black music and black fashion. and age 18, Elvis was picked up by a Sun Records producer who famously said, if I could find a white man who had a black sound and a black feel, I could make a billion dollars. It's also important to note that I replaced the N-word with the word black. Not a nice <laughs> oh, <right>. guy. <laughs> Not a nice guy. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. And... Well, he found Elvis, and Elvis was the success that everyone thought it was. And it's important to note, yeah, that is incredibly exploitative. And Elvis himself often referenced that, and that he felt that he was like... He always tried very hard to promote and pay tribute to black culture and the black artists that promoted him, Um, which I'll go into this in a bit. But one of the reasons that's not very well documented is not because he didn't say it, but it's because at the time that was considered controversial and his management didn't want people to know about it. Yeah. So he actually gave a lot of interviews where he was like super like anti segregation, super like pro black culture, but a lot of those interviews were never publicized because it didn't look good for his brand. Yeah. Which is fucking outrageous. But I just wanted yeah, to make that really clear. Year. Uh now, because of Elvis's sort of this blend of black culture and a white face, he was an absolute overnight success. His first single, That's Alright, topped the local charts, and he almost instantly began touring. I feel like the term overnight success is kind of overused, but he really did. Like The record started playing, and it just went off like wildfire. Um, And it was at his live shows that Elvis became the phenomenon that people know Elvis as today. His gyrating hips, his shaking legs caused excitement and hysteria and outrage in equal parts. Um, Famously, he would start every show with his iconic song, Hound Dog, and the crowd would just lose it from there. And he quickly became quite a controversial figure. Now, as I just said, people like to say that that controversy was because of his hip shaking but it was actually more because of his relationship with the black community and his very close friendship with artists like B.B. King, who Elvis was actually friends with before they both got famous. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, he was really good friends with B.B. King. The king
0: of blues and the king of rock and roll. Wow.
1: Yeah. No, it's mad. And um, in a time of re- racial segregation, Elvis was causing uproar kind of by accident. He would go to stuff like, quote unquote, black only nights at local bars and clubs just because he preferred the vibes there. Just because he actually, they were his friends, that's where he liked to hang out. But at the time, that was a massive statement. And what kind of makes it even more powerful, one of the reasons I really like him, is he wasn't trying to make a statement, he was just hanging out with his mates. And that was just too much for people to handle. now, cut forward a few years, Elvis has become an international success under the watchful eye of Colonel Tom Parker, his agent. Now, Colonel Tom Parker was not a real colonel, but was a real cunt.
0: So, <laughs> now... That's line. Thank you.
1: Now, at the peak of his career, in 1958, Elvis was actually causing so much controversy by shaking his hips and hanging out with his black mates that in an effort to try and silence him he was drafted into the u.s army now famously elvis was offered a kind of honorary role where he could have stayed in the u.s and continued his music career but he turned that down and said he just wanted to serve as a regular soldier he was like "If i've got to do it i've got to do it everyone else has to do it i'm not going to fucking ride off my fame was that
0: inscription at the time
1: there was it wasn't so it's a weird one there was a draft so it was more like getting drafted for like jury duty like you weren't a hundred percent gonna go but if they picked you you had to go was
0: the korean war happening at that point was it no No, it was
1: there was no war um so he went out to germany and served two years in germany um and there's bunk there's loads of stories you can look into it you know he was he was a a good soldier, and he apparently got on really well for all the other guys. He would, he donated, famously donated his army salary to charity. He didn't take any money, and he would spend money on, like all his barrack mates. They he got them all extra uniforms. He paid to have TVs and stuff installed. He just wanted everyone to have a good time, and and apparently you know he did really well in the army, and I, I think it's been widely noted that it was actually one of the happier times of his life when he could just sort of be a normal guy Mm. um anyway he served two years in the army and during this time a steady stream of music was released to kind of keep him relevant but when he returned back things really went to shit um it's a time that people refer to as elvis getting quote lost in hollywood Colonel Tom Parker, or Tom Parker, I'm not even going to call him Colonel because he wasn't a fucking colonel. He was just a cunt, um, <laughs> was hell-bent on not allowing Elvis to cause any more controversy and effectively fuck up this cash cow that he'd found in Elvis. Yeah. So instead, he pushed Elvis into a much more manageable and contained career, which was in Hollywood. Because if Elvis was doing live performances, he had the ability to say and do things that were off script. Whereas if he's in a film... You can just create his image. And with this, Elvis was pushed effectively into this non-stop cycle of recording a shitty B-movie that had a accompanying album that was then released. And it just became a cash cow. The first one did quite well. The second one did a bit less well. And by the late 60s, he was just a joke. He'd gone from being this controversial guy who was breaking down barriers and being a sex symbol, to just this kind of boring Mm. has-been. And compared to the likes of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, he was just a bit old. Um, And that pretty much would have been it for Elvis. But as we know, truly great people will always have that little spark left in him. And just like Messi can still pull it out of the bag in his mid-30s and score an absolute screamer when he needs to. So can Elvis Presley, or could Elvis Presley. <laughs> score a screamer.
2: Because, of... <laughs> <laughs> the score screamer. <laughs> um,
1: because completely disillusioned with his career, and having not had a top ten hit in almost a decade, Colonel Parker made a mistake. He thought it would be a good idea to get Elvis to do a live TV special. Okay. And this was the first time Elvis had had the opportunity to do something live, where he could set the script in over a decade. Now, and Elvis initially thought this was just going to be another way for Parker to milk him. He was like, I don't want to do this. And fair enough, that's exactly what Parker had planned. Um, He even had, like, a set of Christmas jumpers that he was going to release alongside the Christmas special. And he was like, I don't want to do this. This is shit. Mm, But then Elvis met the show's producer and the pro's director called Bob Finkel and Steve Binder. And those guys were like, look, we know that you've been having a shit time. We can all see the whole music industry knows that you've just been milked for a cash cow. You're clearly unhappy. You're like a fucking drug addict. Let's just, why don't you just do something you want to do? And they said, why don't you just fucking tell that old cunt to just do one? Um, He's like, go back to your roots. They were like, go back to your roots and sing proper rock and roll gyrate your hips and just go for it. And this was a landslide moment because for the first time in a decade, he decided he didn't give a fuck what Colonel Tom Parker thought. Oh yeah. He wanted to do new stuff. He wanted to do old stuff. And most importantly, he wanted to give the greatest performance he could. And so, on December 3rd, 1968, NBC released a one-hour show simply titled Elvis. A show that is more commonly remembered as the Elvis comeback special. And I truly believe that this is the greatest live performance of any performer in history. The show consisted of nothing Tom Parker wanted. It was just Elvis in a tight leather suit with a red guitar, his hair slicked back like he was back in the old days, singing his fucking lungs out, gyrating his hips and controlling the crowd like he was back at the peak of his powers. And I implore you to go and watch the videos of this. Partly because there's something to note, which is that Tom Parker, in an effort to kind of fuck it, never actually invited a studio audience to watch it. He was supposed to, and he just didn't. And so the producers of the show just went out onto the street and into a local restaurant and just got people in. They were people who didn't care about Elvis, didn't know him. They just were come to watch a free show. And they were screaming and crying and throwing stuff on stage by the end of it because he was just unstoppable. In fact, when Elvis finished, he was so sweaty. The thing was supposed to be three different sets. He was so sweaty at the end of his first set, he had to be pulled out of his jacket and trousers so they could be washed and dried before the next set of fans came in.
0: Oh, oh my God, that's
1: great. I can't do the special justice, I can just give you the context. But what I will say is there is nothing more captivating, more inspiring and more bone-chillingly brilliant than watching the greatest performer who has ever lived throw off the chains that had been holding him down for decades and let out a decade's worth of pent-up frustration and burning desire to perform. The pinnacle of that is the final song of the special. The show was supposed to end on a Christmas song, specifically requested by Tom Parker, as I said, to tie in with the Christmas merch he had planned for the holidays. However, Elvis went against his direct orders and performed I Can Dream, a tribute to the recently assassinated Martin Luther King. When Elvis performed this and watched it back, he said... Very famously, I'm never going to sing another song I don't believe in, and I'm never going to make another movie I don't believe in. It was the epitome of everything his manager wanted him to avoid. It was political, it was heartfelt, it was controversial, and it was honest. And it proved to everyone that Elvis was back.
0: Only 45 seconds over. Not too bad. Nice one, Seb. Oh, That'll yeah. be the greatest live performance of all
2: time until I do my pick, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> we'll see, <Mork>. we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. I really liked that, mate. I that really, was good, really liked yeah. Um, I, I don't it's... really know shit about Elvis, to be fair. El- you know, Elvis always reminded me a lot of Eminem because they were both ridiculously, yeah, ridiculously that. popular because they brought black music to yeah. a white audience, which is just yeah, yeah. more white people in America. So it did so much better. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like crossing the bat the
2: border, isn't it? Of getting like both audiences in. Yeah, a
1: hundred percent. There's also the th- something I meant to put in, but I forgot. I missed the line. Yeah. He really famously, um, in that he made this statement where he's like, um, in the combat special, he has this moment where he says, "I really like the new music, the new music by guys like the Beatles." but it's important to remember that rock and roll is just rhythm and blues with more guitars or something like that. He's just like, it all came from black people. And if you like rock and roll, you have to like rhythm and blues. And that's like a super powerful moment. And again, it was like everything people wanted him not to do. And he was like, no, I'm going to do yeah. it.
2: Good man. Stand up for what you what you believe in. Don't nice. fucking listen to those record labels. Don't listen to Colonel Gaddafi or whatever his name was.
1: Oh, yeah, let's call him fucking Colonel Gaddafi. He's right cunt. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he also was the reason that in his later... So Colonel Tom had, like, a gambling addiction, hmm. and that's why Elvis was roped contractually roped into doing a bunch of Vegas shows, was to pay oh, off right. Colonel Tom's gambling debts.
0: Interesting.
1: Which he never wanted to do. He wanted to go on tour, and basically Colonel Tom said he would sue him if he, if he stopped working for him and was wow. suing for everything he had. So he just got forced into doing these Vegas shows, which eventually killed him. And if you want to watch another really good Elvis performance, sorry, I know I went over, but I'm just rambling now. Watch his last ever filmed live performance, which is him singing Unchained Melody. Um, at, I think it's called The Riverside. It's like his last live performance. And it's heartbreaking. He's like a mumbling wreck. He can't get his uh, words yeah, out. Yeah. And yet when he starts singing, it is pitch perfect. Absolutely belting it out. And then he finishes and he's just like out of breath. He can't get himself together. But he just wanted to perform. That's all he ever wanted to do.
0: Fantastic. Well, that, I think that leads nicely into the middle section where we don't have a quiz this time. We have uh, a, a part where we all talk about our feelings and we get to know each other. Nah, so, fuck that. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> so the question I have on my lips is what is the best live performance you've ever been to? This is what I want to know. I've got I've got a couple I want to talk about. So both of them were in Bristol. One of them is a bit more recent. It was actually a couple of months after I moved to Bristol and my friend came down from London and I remember we were like, "Oh, let's go see some sort of live performance somewhere because Bristol always has something going on like music-wise." Um but uh, None of none of it looked super interesting, except for this one person who was this, like, this Japanese bloke called Ichi, and none of us had ever heard of him, and, like, but he just sounded so interesting, the description was, like, he was just, like, this performer that made his own instrument, and made this, like, kind of, I, I listened to his music, and it kind of sounded like Nintendo music, I'd say, like, kind of, like, Animal Crossing-esque music. Right. And um, so we went there and I was not expecting anything, basically. I was just there, you know, have a few drinks, whatever. It'd be music's music. It'd be fun anyway. But oh my fucking God, it was incredible. It changed my life. (laughs) So first of all, he just comes in through, like, the people on the... the, It was like a small little, like, box we were in, like a little um, sort of off-piece bit at the back of a bar. He just comes in on pogo sticks just passed ev- <laughs> past everyone does a little like like turn around like does a little like loop de loop and then goes on stage and then just starts he just pulls out this fuck off massive contraption that he's made it's full of all these like you know woo- You know, like crazy shit. Like, there's lots of like, there's a piano there, there's like strings there, other strings there, there's like percussion all over the place, and he just, I just sit there for like, like an hour or forty five minutes, whatever it was, and I was just blown away at what the fuck (laughs) I was watching. (laughs) It was incredible, and at, at, at the end, well, not the end, it was like halfway through or towards the end, he like randomly just out after doing one of his songs, he just like. he just picked up this little bow and arrow and it was like an arrow with like a plunger on the end Just went and then like flew the arrow and above our heads he hit like a gong that was like above our heads and we were like "What the (laughs) fuck was that and he just like he got it like perfectly and everyone was like (laughs) that's That's sick. sick yeah that's uh, so good i found him afterwards oh. and i was like that was literally the best thing i've ever seen in my life I'm gonna your beer. and he was like oh such a like God. polite modest japanese man like you'd expect it, but it was just... <laughs> yeah 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 it was so good <laughs> that's so that's sick. Fucking sick i can never top that i can
2: only think of a few good ones that i've seen that, that i can just rattle off like mr traumatic in plymouth was really good that was a fucking great night he's a he's a wicked mc mm. um who else? Was, who else was I thinking of? Another drum and bass one. Do you remember that night we had in Move Vinny, in Exeter? And oh, um, yeah. this guy's DJing. It's a drum and bass set. He's you know he's playing whatever yeah, he's solo, somewhat like that. Yeah. And then this ra- randomly, like uh, imagine drum and bass, right? The fast pace, like, and then randomly, some guy just comes in from the back with a fucking accordion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, going, and he's like, going,
3: yeah, he's like playing accordion yeah he's playing
2: he's playing the like whoop whoop but on the accordion like and it's like oh yeah that was fucking crazy he went for like 20 minutes and it
0: was like yeah it was so so and he's just like because he's (laughs) got to keep up with like 140 beats per minute it was so good yeah i completely forgot about that that was a great night
2: that was so sick and then um even though he didn't rap and i i i Sorry, Vinny, to bring up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, seeing Snoop Dogg live in Exeter was fucking sick. It was really cool, and I and oh, and yeah. because I got to go up to this little VIP bit as well, which which is pretty cool. So I was only like I don't yeah, know, been fun. meter there away from Snoop Dogg and DJ Yeller. He was really good as well because I got I was the only one brave enough to get up on stage and ask his bouncers if I could see him, and he was like, "Yeah, no worries." He was re- I would suspect that because you said you were there, weren't you? Yeah. I expected the band to be like, fuck off. And then he was like, nah. And I just like, put my arm around and took a picture of him, got him to sign my little um, Straight out of Compton album. Like two, He was just putting his headphones on to start his set. I felt a bit rude, but he was sound, so it was fine.
1: Yeah, he was, do you remember also, we bumped into him after the show as well. Did we? Leaving. Yeah, you fist bumped him and gave him like a like a shoulder bump hug.
2: Oh, I was probably well pissed by that point, but I know I thinking <laughs> about being like, man, that was fucking so good, yeah? <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> also, my live performance in the queue waiting for Snoop Dogg rapping to this random guy who filmed me and put it on Facebook was pretty good. <laughs> some guy randomly tagged me in it in the morning saying, is this you? And I was like, oh shit, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> I like
0: you, That's me um... and mine.
1: I have to, well, obviously, first and foremost, shout out to MC Dilf and DJ V-Dog, oh, yeah. uh, who put absolute, a couple of absolute bangers out there, um, down the woods and in my living room, both fucking clouting performances. I don't know if they live up to, to Beyonce, but...
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we I'm smashed sure that, that out, but, surely, nah, yeah.
1: I have to say, yeah, probably two best performances I've ever seen in my life. Hobson, who I saw at Electric Underground, and he was fucking incredible. yeah, you said about
2: Hobson was good. He was
1: off the chain. He Mm. was just fucking on one. Um, He brought this like crazy energy. He stopped about halfway through and went on like a Kanye style rant about how his Lamborghini didn't make him happy. Um, (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) That's so Hobson. That's
2: so Hobson.
1: I know, I know. And then his (laughs) chain broke and he threw it into the crowd. Um, Then he got a guy up on stage who he'd met on Lad Bible. It was the whole thing was fucking crazy. <laughs> he, he crowd surfed. I touched his foot. No, um, never t- never it was sick. Again. It was so good. Never again. And then, um, and then, yeah. I, me and Luce went to watch um, Jay Z and Beyonce. I mean, it's, all of those shows. It has to be said that Jay Z is basically just Beyonce's support act. She is so much <laughs> more talented than he is. Like, obviously, he's good, but she's fucking Beyonce. And right, like. Yeah. You know, say what you want. You know, you like her music, don't like her music, but she is... She's a queen. She's obviously, like, Yas. uber famous. Yas queen. She's <laughs> yeah. uber famous and also just has this, like, aura of, like, you should know who I am. Yeah. So, like, when she's on stage and she's singing and she's dancing, she also just doesn't fucking stop. She's like a robot. Mm. Like, when people... There's, like, rumours about her, like, injecting child's blood. And you're like, well, yeah, she is, like, 50 or whatever. And she just fucking goes for it for, like, an Two-hour set. She's <laughs> singing and dancing and, like, fucking running around and shit. She looks amazing. They, like, descended from the heavens on this huge platform bathed in light. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's incredible. It's amazing.
0: Nice, nice. I'm glad that we've all seen some bangers, though. That's good. Yeah, it's good. I will say um, I didn't see this in person because I think this was, like happening sometime in the 70s. But the best live performance I've ever seen, like, on YouTube... Has to be so. Do you know the song "Focus" by Hocus Poke? No, I think it's Hocus Pocus by the band Focus. I don't
1: know.
0: So it's one of those. Oh songs... yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. So yeah, it's a yeah, that song yeah. that's like has the yodeling. It's like <laughs> 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 you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone doesn't. No one knows the name, but everyone knows that bit. Basically, everyone knows but... that song. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is in 1973, and they were. So that song's like six minutes long and they were supposed to be on the show and they only had like just over four minutes left because there was like a a tight schedule. So they had to, basically they they were, I think the people were expecting, the producers were expecting for them to like cut out a part of the song so they could like fit in. But no, they just fucking sped up the song and condensed it so they could get it in that time and it is by far the wildest performance I've ever seen in my life because it is completely perfect. They're all completely just like like it's so fun, I, I've seen that. I've, seen that. I've seen that. perfectly hitting everything incredibly yeah. and it's just like it every mad. time I watch it I'm just, my jaw is just on the floor. I'm just yeah. always <laughs> in utter amazement that they did that and at the end everyone just stands up and clouts because it's like it's like, like fucking, fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I ha- I remember I've seen that one because it's like, have you seen this? Look how fast they can do it, and you're like, nah, this is this is not real, and you're like, holy shit!
0: Yeah, and the guy's like whistling through his teeth like that fast as well. That's yeah, insane. For that i reckon we get onto to what Mork's picked what do we say yep let's go uh yep i've got the timer up so right i'm ready cool go whenever
2: so my first thoughts came to these two actually iconic performances by one of the best artist duos on the planet the two performers in question have gone down in history and folklore as these performers do not regularly do public appearances They've been referred to by some as the greatest live performers of their generation, by those who have seen them. They performed two of the most banging drum and bass sets in history.
1: Oh, for God's sake.
2: The iconic Brentford Basement Session in 2022 and equally, if not more legendary, the Woods Leaving Party in September of 2021. They go by by the names of... (laughs) MC Dilf and DJ V Dog.
0: Who are they now?
2: <laughs> words here on this podcast could never do justice to the performances of these two legends. These two nights and sets were so good, so iconic, and so gosh darn legendary that I just couldn't pick a winner between the two. So I decided not to pick either.
0: before you go on, I will. I it's I just it just dawned on me that like. This podcast started after that basement session. Mm. It was—I think it was that actual evening we were talking about. To like, yeah, should we just do this podcast thing? Yeah, let's yeah. Because we, we, go we, for we it. had
2: the idea, but then we were like, "Fuck it, let's just actually do it now."
0: Because we had the idea like, like a year before. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah, actually yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah.
2: it is the great. Maybe if I pick that's the goat, that's the reason why the podcast got done, and then I'll win. What are we say?
0: Yeah, I'll. I'll if you, if you say that, then I'll, I'll say it's winner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So
2: I didn't pick either of those, but I then had an idea and I remembered another performance. And funnily enough, I actually got to witness this one with my own eyes. In August of 2016, it was my 21st birthday. Me and my friends decided to throw a birthday bash over that weekend. We prepared the venue in the woods and built a stage undercover. We installed a sound system powered by a generator with pyrotechnics, smoke, and lasers. A proper sick rave tent. The only thing missing was the DJ, but luckily, I just happened to know the greatest DJ in the world. (laughs) He (laughs) He was given a strange nickname by the locals, but I knew him as a different name. They referred to him as Spinny Vinny, but I know him as DJ Vidal. <laughs> he gave the best performance live I have ever seen. <laughs> Perfectly timing smoke to every dirty, filthy drop. Mixing memes into songs. Oh, yeah. He slayed those decks until they genuinely set fire and burnt the woods down. However, that night and weekend as a whole is a little bit of a blur to me. So, personally, that is my GOAT live performance. And I thank everyone involved for that weekend, because it was sick. But for this everyone? podcast... But for this podcast, <laughs> I, need, I need to pick a different answer. So, anyway, right, I just wanted to get those two out of the way. But okay, okay. this... The performance that I have chosen... Is an artistic duo. It involves two of my favorite rappers, and maybe even the biggest icons in hip hop. One of whom I have also seen live. However, I'm probably not allowed to bring that up again. And again. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker! But <laughs> you dare bring but... it up again. And again.
1: <laughs> I know what you've picked. Yeah.
2: But this performance came with a special twist. The duo on stage actually became a trio because of genuine divine intervention, the likes of which have not been seen for nearly 2,000 years. I'm talking about Dr. Dre and Snoop Doggy Dogg's performance at Coachella in 2012. Firstly, I just want to say, Coachella as a whole is, is kind of a whack festival, right? I mean, it's clean, it's sunny, and celebs all dress up nice and take great pics for the Instagram. It's an American festival after all. But for me, a festival by definition needs to be muddy, filthy, and raw. I don't want to see people posing for the gram. (laughs) I don't want to see people posing for the gram. I want to see fat blokes with Chelsea tattoos on their back and their shirts off in wellies trying to do a drunken backflip off a wheelie bin while a crowd of scousers egg them on. But I digress. (laughs) It's 2012. And it's also not Glasto, it's Coachella. And booked to headline are Dr. Dre and Snoop Dog. It's the final day of the festival, and although seeing Vici that night would have been good, some of the acts that day I'm a bit meh. But it's the final day, it's the final act. The legends of the West Coast are about to make their way onto the stage. Is Dre and Snoop time? Also, it's funny how every pick I've done, everything I've mentioned, has got someone with the name Dog in there, in their name, which is kind of cool. Dre and Snoop, <laughs> come
0: on! <laughs> what? That was like a weirdly long silence because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find my place again on my page. <laughs> that, that interesting tidbit about Dog. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> just let that settle. Yeah. yeah, just let just let that go. Yeah, they're gonna so, need a minute to understand. Just, just this one. Let, make sure you make
2: it's sure real you thinker, get it, right? It's real thinker yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Remember my whole meme thing? Yeah, exactly. Um, Dre and Snoop come onto the stage to the next episode. Da, da da. Actually, that's the wrong song. Let me try and get it in my head again. <laughs> I know the song, but now I'm happy. It it's it's the motherfucking it, Do Double
3: G. D-O, double G Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah,
2: so they come out to that, and it's the perfect intro. A few more Dre and Snoop classics later, and they have a Nate Dogg tribute with Warren G on stage. Rest in peace, Nate. This would be the first of a few live guests. Snoop then performs solo, and of course he drops it like it's fucking hot,
0: yo, which is a banger and goes down a storm. Is it bad when you said that he performed it solo? I just imagine him whipping out his cock and wanking by himself. <laughs> has <laughs> porn ruined my mind? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, really. yes
1: it And has. being
2: unemployed. <laughs>
0: oh, not a good combo. <laughs>
1: The wanker thought
2: <laughs> <laughs> You'll look back at these years in your memoirs and just call them the wanking years. <laughs> <laughs> the mass wanking years. <laughs> I should have wanked away my late sweaties. <laughs> wanked away. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Snoop is then joined on stage by the second guest of the night, Wiz Khalifa, and towards the end of their song, Young, Wild and Free... They share pro- they share probably the biggest, the fattest, longest, most packed doobie that has ever been smoked live on stage. I bet that's a GOAT in itself. The next guess is the up and coming Kendrick Lamar, who performs with Dr. Dre. And then he is replaced by none other than 50 Cent. And I'll give you one cent? guess as to what he's wearing.
1: Is it a vest?
2: That's right. It's the white vest, obviously. Mm. Fiddy leaves the stage after three songs, and Dre and Snoop perform for a couple more. However, this is where an already amazing show filled with incredible guests, surprise guests, goes on to cement itself as the greatest of all time. After an incredible rendition of California Love,
1: California love Um, the the lights
2: go off the piano starts playing and 15 years 7 weeks and 3 days after his death just as Jesus did 2000 years ago the crowd is stunned as the ripped shirtless figure of Tupac Shakur appears in front of their eyes, live on stage. A genuine resurrection. But he doesn't just appear, he puts the microphone to his lips and speaks. You know what the fuck this is? What up, Dre? What up, Snoop? What the fuck is up, Coachella? I won't say what Snoop and Dre said in reply because
0: they oh, it's bad. <laughs> Did they go on to deny the six million, the figures? <laughs> no, no they, just, they
2: just said that word, you know. That means you can't ever quote anything they ever say. <laughs> packs, ethereal form. Goes on to solo perform Hail Mary to the astonishment of the crowd. After all this time, he's still fucking got it. The crowd of are in yes, it's not him. the crowd are in tears, not believing what they're seeing. He then performs duo with Snoop Dogg himself as they share the stage together, probably for the last time, because miracles don't happen that often. I'm Sorry, I was welling up.
0: It was just. Did you write down your script that you're welling up? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, that's just a bit of added I added you, spice. I fear. wish
2: you did. I wish you did. <laughs> in so brackets, good. I'm welling up. Brackets well up. They
0: pre- <laughs> <laughs> start crying here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they perform two of America's most wanted. And it is flawless. They're in sync. And it's as if Tupac never left this realm. They rap together, back and forth, answer and reply. It is perfect. But as the song ends and the 80,000 strong crowd still can't believe what they have witnessed tonight. The music dies. Tupac raises his hand and then drops it back to his sides. He stands there for all to see and then drops his head. As the piano plays again, there is a blinding flash of light, and the body of Tupac becomes smoke. His spirit is sent back to the heavens. Then, Eminem comes on the stage.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. He didn't. I
2: didn't I didn't really have like a good transition into that like <laughs> bullet point of cause the thing is the two pack thing didn't happen at the end of the show, which is annoying. Eminem does come on after. And I was like,
0: I just have to say Eminem came back came because he they should, does. <laughs> they should have had they should have had Tupac end it. Like I feel like yeah. having Eminem come on is like like come on mate, you yeah. can't top that, surely.
2: Yeah, so um yeah, Eminem comes on, you know, classic. <laughs> and um, he, he goes on to perform a few songs with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and they close out the show with Who am I? What's my motherfucking name? Life. And the last song that they play that night is still D.R.E. Mm. Or still Dre for all you, you know. All you lot out there. <laughs> and the show ends the greatest live performance of all time, closes. But, why is this the greatest live performance of all time? Well, it's pretty obvious. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, two of rap's biggest legends, absolutely fucking killed it. And they were way past their prime. But they annihilated the stage. One of the best double acts in hip-hop and music in general. Then, a host, an absolute plethora of awesome guest acts. Surprise everybody. Including Eminem, 50 Cent, Wiz Khalifa, Warren G. And they Kendrick. all absolutely killed it. They are, you know, in their own right, some of the greatest rappers of all time. You've already got, like, four five of the best rappers of all time on stage. All in one massive, incredible set. But... On top of all of that, just that alone would be goat-worthy, but on top of all of that, 80,000 lucky people got to witness a real-life miracle. Just like how Moses parted the Red Sea, Tupac was reborn in front of them. One of the most iconic musical artists of all time easily returns after his death to perform again something nobody ever thought would happen and surely something that has never and will ever happen again it was only brief it was only around five minutes in fact this resurrection but it was epic legendary
0: and the goat cool uh so if you like that episode uh, <laughs> no, 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 yeah it's cool i like that i like that that's a good pick that is a good pick um two packs hologram i just it's something that's forever cemented in my brain i just remember at the time being like they can do that what the fuck yeah. <laughs> holograms are real this is the future it's it's a shame because i feel like you haven't really heard of holograms ever since in live performances i read that it
2: wasn't technically a hologram it was like something else that you can do but it isn't done very often or you know maybe it was just a real life divine biblical miracle i mean it wasn't but (laughs) you can believe that if you want (laughs) helps you sleep at night come on that's like that's like some of the some of the pitch, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that it might have been real. He might have actually come Tupac to life.
1: Might have actually come back from the dead.
2: Just briefly. Tupac so just might briefly. Be Jesus. He just briefly did it. You can't beat a life before. Like Jesus done it once. That was pretty. Think about people still talking about allegedly, that to this day, right? Allegedly. You know what I mean? He came back, and then Tupac does it
1: like mad.
2: And he still had it as well, like he still killed it. You know what I mean? What do you he mean didn't, he still had he it? Didn't I lose was gonna get
1: annoyed it. about this at the time, and then Vinny told me not to. What do you mean he still had it? It was just a recording of him. <laughs> yeah, that's not no. still having it. How is he talking
2: them live, like to them? What are you saying?
1: <laughs> it's a recording.
2: From when? It's like by fifteen definition. years ago. They planned like he was gonna die, and
0: like he would be like, "What up, Coachella? How did they?" That's no, just probably like some sort of AI manipulation at that point.
2: Yeah. Wait, it's 2012. AI wasn't even invented.
0: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dissect <laughs> what you just said. I'm really. I'm struggling. <laughs> but and I'm also, not. It was divine.
1: Also, part <laughs> of being a live performance is they have to be alive.
0: I I was gonna say that to be fair. That that that's sort of a kind of a crucial part.
1: No it doesn't that does No,
0: it does it's not a a live performance. It's live performance. So
1: when you go to the cinema, do you go, Oh, what a great live performance from Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. I can't believe they synced up all those different chase scenes.
2: Nah, it's like when you go and see War Horse. Those horses aren't real, but it's a live performance. They're just robots.
1: No, yeah, because the horses aren't fucking holograms. Yeah, they're puppets. It doesn't matter. It's still. It does a bit. One of them is just a projector. It's still a, yeah, it's a, that, live, that's still performance. a live
0: performance. It's still a yeah. live performance. It's just. No, right.
1: It's. Snoop Dogg and all the rest and their live. Fucking. Tupac's. Fucking.
2: He's still live. He's still live. It's still live playing that projection and music in front of those people. Even if he died and came back from the death. You know, it's fine. It,
0: it is. It's just. It's not. It's almost not within the spirit of live performance.
2: Why not? Exactly. Because, it was groundbreaking. It was like the first time they'd done it. It was wicked. It's
0: crazy. No, it's crazy. I love it. I think it's fantastic. And I, I'm, I'm sad that they never did it more. To be honest, but it probably was fucking expensive and difficult to do. Um, but it's not. It's not really live. Like it's a, it's a recording. It's like when David Guetta was like, you know, was it the Euros or the World Cup? Whenever he like very obviously was playing a pre-made mix and it's just like it's just yes when a dj is playing a pre-made mix and you know it it just feels shit it's like yeah you're but not the whole thing was far- point.
2: how else are they supposed to get two pack back though well they
1: can't that's the thing <laughs> isn't it they just can't
0: yeah but like, it, know, was cool. it was cool like, it was really 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 cool but it's right
2: i can't believe this right
1: seb
0: told me that other <laughs> <laughs> day right yeah
1: <laughs> what you're, both, you're both
0: laughing what's this
1: I, I haven't said anything, so I'm just excited to hear what's happening here. <laughs> what fucking right. shit, Michael? Seb
2: told me the other day, right, that he believes in chemtrails, right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: what the fuck are you on about? He told me Seb that, actually. In... He told me that in private, so <laughs> it's me and him. Was told that, me the, the way, other chemtrails, day, right? what do you reckon? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Seb
2: told me the other day that he believes in chemtrails, Right. But you you won't believe that Tupac was live. That's that's just blows my mind.
3: Well, <laughs> well, that I just blows my mind.
2: I don't want
1: to get into it, but I this makes me sound like what you said is true. But chemtrails probably are more likely to have happened than Tupac coming back from the dead. Nah, careful, Seth. <laughs> I just feel like if you were like, oh, the best live performance was when they played Citizen Kane on a big projector. But like, yeah, Citizen Kane's a great film, but it's not a live performance. No, but Two I think great artists.
2: Yeah, but you're being too literal. Like the performance was that they got this cool hologram to do this cool thing. Like,
0: yeah. And there's the whole performance outside of it of like all the rappers. And that's fantastic. because like it's obviously it's all these big names. And like, yeah, yeah. like you said, um, I assume you didn't lie that that it was no one knew that fucking Kendrick and Eminem and 50 Cent would come out. I don't think they knew no and n- nobody knew that Tupac was
2: going to come out. And like I'm not saying like oh Tupac's live performance was the best because it wasn't because it's pre-recorded, but For the, the whole performance event. the performance is the hologram being a thing. Like it's like a stage show, isn't it, where they use props and stuff and projectors or puppets and warhorse it's a it's part of the performance, so you can't you can't slate it for not being a true live performance because Tupac wasn't really there because that's part of the performance. It's like a performative aid, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And Seb did tell me the other day he believes in Jails, so I don't know. not
3: I reckon.
0: Yeah, I don't listen to him, man. He's he's off his nut. But yeah, okay, so. Obviously, that's a very, like, legendary Coachella performance. All the all the boys were... I, I didn't even really know all the boys were on stage because the only thing I ever knew about that was the whole two pack hologram because it was, like... Yeah, I didn't really know anything else. packs hologram. I had to double-check because it said on the set list with, like, Eminem
2: with Thingy, and I was like, no, nah, they didn't come on, did they? So I watched the whole thing, and I was like,
0: oh, yeah, there you are, cool. Nice. Yeah, um... Then on the other hand, there's the the Elvis, the Elvis comeback special that is. In which he was chained by the 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 bounds of Hollywood and his uh his plastic producer Colonel Sanders, whatever his name was, yeah, Colonel Cunthead. Like a... Um Colonel Cunthead,
1: right?
0: and then finally he was given the freedom just for like a smidge, and he he saw that light, and he fucking he fucking reached for that light, and he belted out a performance that was worthy to be talked about on this podcast years later. Um, Mate, you know what? <laughs> these these performances are the same. What you just said, yeah? Hmm.
2: Elvis was chained to all that, right? Tupac. He
0: was chained <laughs> right. to the ground and being dead. He
2: was chained. His spirit was chained to
0: the, laws to the of afterlife. biology.
2: And then he was given just a smidge, the blinding light to belt out that performance. It's the same thing.
0: I think they just had an old tape of him, sing, you know, rapping "Hail it's Mary." It's the same and thing. They just re-did you know what it. I mean? <laughs> they just fucking Let's call... Put the tape right. in. Play.
2: <laughs> I know this is There's controversial some cool for it, but still, I know this is controversial, but it's the same thing. I think either I don't mean to tread on your toes, anything, either we call it a draw, or <laughs> we say that. It was DJ MC Dill and DJ V Dog as the winner. I think that's just hey, look, what I'm Michael's, saying. On
1: the, <laughs> Michael's on the back foot because he's asking for a draw. <laughs> Michael's never asked for a draw. <laughs> that's just what I'm
0: saying. <laughs> okay, I've made my mind up, and it's it's only because of what you've just said. You asking for a draw has made me what? so um, uh, aggrieved, It's filled me with so much disdain for you no. that I can't you have, have you. I can't have you win. <laughs> I knew I'd already back. lost when you, when I when I
2: finished my thing and you went cool.
0: <laughs> 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 no I just really needed a piss. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but no, both great picks. I will say both are great picks. And I I've not even seen the Elvis. I don't. I didn't even know the Elvis thing was a thing. But and I've obviously <laughs> seen bits of the two pack performance, and yeah, that blew my mind back in 2012. Eleven years ago, fuck me. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's I know. A scary thought. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I just, I, I, I'm a big fan of narratives, and I'm a big fan of stories. And the Elvis story, you know, from being this like top bloke, who then get, you know, he gets fucked over by Hollywood, and then he's like, he sees one last performance to, to, to be like to the world. I'm still a top bloke and I'm here and I'm performing and this is what I do. And just love me or hate me. This, I'm still a, I'm still a great bloke. <laughs> and I, I, I love I'm still that. a great bloke. And yeah, he gets on the pokes, has some free cokes, um, <laughs> hangs with the blokes. And I, got a, I have to award Elvis Presley's comeback performance as the greatest live performance of all time. Thank you. No, I don't accept it. I thought you were going to say, that like, you're
1: a picks, fan of
2: narratives and like Tupac coming back, like, from the grave is like just mad, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah, how would he do that? How would he just start breathing how again? He <laughs> <laughs> He's bones at this point, I think. He's like skin. <laughs> Can
1: you imagine if they just got his skin? I was thinking, was like, oh That's no,
0: it's <laughs> like a deceased body. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He's just like,
0: like, poppeted. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> It's like classy all I I hope you wouldn't
2: think I'm throwing shade on Tupac cuz I love
0: I love Tupac. <laughs> but anyway, we got a winner. Thank you very much for listening. Um next Well, thank you very much. Next week, uh we've got a, another guest coming on. Yeah. Yep. And it's not some bloke from down the pub. As as I would love that to be the case. It is uh, my good friend and expert at all things video games. He is honestly, he's, you'll, you'll you'll take one look at him, talk about video games, and you'll realize he's on the spectrum or something. Like, <laughs> 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 he's, he's, he, he knows his stuff about video games. In fact, he actually, he, he offered, um, before I said, oh, we we're doing video game myth, Next week, did you want to come on to that? Before that, he said, "Ah, oh, it could be a fun one to do like greatest video game mechanic. And I was like, a bit niche. Yeah. <laughs> a bit <Yeah>. niche. <laughs> 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 but yeah, my good friend Josh is coming on um, cool. next week for GOAT's video game myth. And I hope we see you there. And I promise that one day I will get some random bloke from down the pub to come on this show. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll share
2: the mic with you. <laughs> Right. Happy Hello, pal. Do you believe in chemtrails like Seb? Bet you fucking will. <laughs> <laughs> <He's flat>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. All <Level>, yeah. <laughs> ah, right. Cool. Anyway, cool. Uh, and on that bombshell. See you next time.
1: See
0: you next yeah. time. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Seb loves
1: Elvis has left the building.